Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Nadine Rawson about her ceremony at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at Citrico's and a dessert party at Germany in Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose all these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Nadine. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. Well, I got engaged on December 26, 2020 at Capolino's Terrace during dinner and I've always been a lifelong lover of Disney, so I feel like it was always in the back of my mind. However, prior to getting engaged, we have always spoken about getting married at Alani, just because we didn't want to invite everyone, and he didn't really want to offend anyone. So while I was beginning planning to have our wedding in Hawaii, Travel to Hawaii was very difficult to say the least, and their governor was cautioning people not to go. So when revenge travel began and a lot of baggage was lost, their airports were overstuffed with travelers. And then on top of that, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So we didn't want anyone to struggle to be at our wedding that we absolutely had to be there. We visited other ideas like Disney Cruise Line, but there was no opening day for the wish. And it became more difficult when I realized that I would have to bring my own hair and makeup and photo video vendors because those were very important to me. So I visited the wedding pavilion in February of the following year. And you know, I've seen it afar for many times, but visiting it in person was totally different. I fell completely in love with the venue, and that's where it all began for us. That's wonderful. How did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? I would say for the most part, they were unsurprised, very excited. I remember my sister-in-law said, well, that makes sense. Um, they did ask about hotels, for which I quickly made a Facebook group and a wedding website and provided as much information as I could to them. Wow, that's great. That can be a lot of work. Yes. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We invited 52 people and 48 people RSVP'd yes. Last minute, 46 people made it. Wow, that's great. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> did you set up a room block for your guests? I chose not to have a room block because we did not want to be committed to a certain number of rooms, especially since we knew that we were using a two-bedroom villa at the Grand Floridian. So the incentive of a free night didn't really appeal to us. On top of that, we knew that we were going to save money with transportation and not provide our guests with transportation since the wedding pavilion had free parking. 
Got it. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? For the time of day, Joe and I have been alcohol-free for five years now. We just really did not want to have alcohol a part of our wedding, nor did we want to have a cash bar. So having our ceremony in the morning with a reception directly to follow, I feel like it relieves some of that societal pressure of providing alcohol to your guests because it's just brunch. Right. For the day of the week, since my husband was not committed to the idea of a Walt Disney World wedding, I felt like I needed to sort of sell him on those low minimums. So at nine o'clock in the morning, middle of the week ceremony with a brunch reception was the least expensive option without sacrificing the location. And then we were able to get all those beautiful sunlit photographs. I will go on to say that we very quickly doubled our minimum. So it sounds like he came around. He did. (laughs) (laughs) How did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? The ceremony venue was obvious when I visited it. And then we visited many reception venues. For example, we even got approval for the GM lounge, but (laughs) without providing transportation, we decided that that would be impossible to very difficult. So we visited Citrico's after it was finished being remodeled and it's breathtaking. Now, did you run into any restrictions? I know that since it's reopened, there have been some weird things like you can't have your cake positioned on the carpet and you can't move the tables around. And sometimes people get problems with having characters. Did you run into any restrictions with that? I did. I wanted the stepsisters, Cinderella's stepsisters, and they told me that that was not allowed because they required a backdrop. So we were limited to the Fab Four And I believe you could have Chip and Dale as well at that location. And then the other restrictions, I think the cake was not allowed on the carpet. However, I mean, I really begged for them to to let me have that. I told them that that was one of the main reasons that we wanted our reception at that location because the chandelier in the middle of the room was beautiful with the cake underneath. So we were able to do that, fortunately. Oh, that's wonderful. And did you find it restrictive with the table policy? Well, I actually went in a couple months before our wedding. I took pictures of that venue from every angle and I made my own like a diagram. So I made my own diagram and then I seated all of our guests at the table and gave it to my planner. I said, I know that these tables move around all the time. So If this is not possible, just let me know. But I would really like these people around or near these locations. She said that she didn't think that there would be an issue, that I just needed to send her the seating chart and she would let me know if it would be approved. And it got approved? Yes, correct. And then were there any restrictions when you wanted table linens or decor? You're not allowed to have linens at that location, to my knowledge. But for us, that was a money-saving aspect. Like, we didn't want to outsource anything that we didn't have to. Oh, good. Okay, great. And then how did you choose Germany A and B for your dessert party? For Germany A and B, I asked my photographer what locations she liked to photograph best. Italy as sola was not available, so we went with what we thought the next best visibility was. And we love that location 
because you could see the Epcot ball light up beautifully. That's great. Now, did you guys use any outside vendors for your event? Oh gosh, we used a lot. (laughs) I love them all. We used Bella Gray Photography for our photos and our firework dessert party video. We used Polk Bros for videography. We used the Bella Agency for our wedding and our park shoot hair and makeup. They even were so kind to do Joe's makeup the day of our wedding. For our day of coordinator, I used Enchanted Planning with Stephanie Klotz. She was outstanding to me. And for our officiant, I used Kevin Knox with a beautiful ceremony. He included our daughter without us even asking. And he had my vows. I sent him my vows in advance and he had them on hand and he handed them to me in the moment. So I was so grateful for him. For personal floral, I used leaf and blossom and we used them for the bouquets and the boutonnieres. My husband had one boutonniere and then at both of our father's pictures, we had the boutonnieres seated at the side table in the wedding pavilion. Furthermore, I had inspirations by Amy Lee for all of our papery and that's it. So you mentioned that you used Rev Kev for your officiant. How did you choose him? All of the Disney weddings that I've seen Prior, I just really like the way that Reverend Kevin Knox works. His work really speaks for itself. He was so, so great to us and happy to incorporate our fathers and our religion and a prayer for our family. He, he was a non-negotiable for us. Mm, that's great. Okay. Did you add any kind of entertainment to your reception? We had Rob Kerr on the violin, and then we had Minnie and Mickey at our reception. Did you request specific outfits for them? I did. I requested, I actually requested Mickey to be in the white suit, but but my planner kind of recommended for him to be in his black suit and tie. So if it was her recommendation, I just went with it. Oh, interesting. What was the reason for that? Photography or? She said that she thought that it looked better for this occasion, that it was like a black tie type of deal. And this is the only chance that you would be able to see him in his black tie. So I went with it. Interesting. Okay. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend from your reception or your dessert party? Oh my gosh. This is my favorite part to speak about. (laughs) (laughs) For our brunch buffet, every single thing was delicious. I think I heard the most about the Prosecco and Mascarpone risotto for our pre-reception. We actually had a mini version of our favorite snack at the Roaring Fork in Wilderness Lodge. And if you've been there, you would know it. It's the berries and cream croissant. And they added additional like raspberry jelly in it. (laughs) It was so good. I asked them if I could carry one with me to the reception and they said no. Um, We had the Mickey waffles, which was my daughter's choice, and everyone loved it. The bananas foster option was so good that one of my guest tables demanded that I go try one immediately. (laughs) The Mickey waffle station almost always had a line throughout the reception. 
So for our dessert party, we had whoopie pies that were filled with the gray stuff. This was like our Beauty and the Beast theme event. So then we had rose apple tartlets, which were vegan, and they were so good. We had villain consumption ice cream novelty bars per your recommendation. And I think at one point, every kid had one in each hand. (laughs) So they loved it. For savory options, we had cheeseburger spring rolls, and the chef at that location brought me about 20 vegan cheeseburger spring rolls as like a pyramid on a plate, (laughs) and I was so excited. And then last but not least, we had the grilled cheese and tomato soup shooters. For cake flavors, our cake was gorgeous, and everything I dreamed of, the floral between the layers and the golden butterflies in between the floral. I mean, when I walked in and I saw it at our reception, it filled me with tears. I was able to have a cake flavor that is not traditionally offered. During my wedding planning process, my father passed away and his favorite cake was coconut cake with a coconut filling. So in efforts to try to incorporate him as much as I could into our day, I sent an email to the Grand Floridian Bakery team, and they were so happy to approve this cake flavor for us. I think every single piece of the coconut was gone, except the one they set aside for us. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, we had lavender with lemon curd and blueberries, and that was like the smallest layer. It was so good. I wish we made it the bottom layer. And I think it was so good because it was like, you know, the middle of the day, it was light and airy, and I thought it was perfect for that brunch reception. The last flavor we had was the almond and amaretto crunch filling, which is classic and delicious. That's great. Can you talk a little bit about the dessert party? Did you add a ride mix in or anything? We had a Remy's Ratatouille Adventure ride mix in, and I think you talked me out of not getting rid of that when I was making cuts, and that was the best decision that we made. Honestly, when we were leaving, everyone was raving about that ride. That's wonderful. Oh, how did your guests get there if you didn't have transportation? Oh, so for our Epcot dessert party, They met at the front of Epcot, so at the flagpole. We actually met at our hotel, which was the Grand Floridian, and we took the monorail. So there was like 10 of us on the monorail. (laughs) That's great. And so the walk going from the front of the park all the way back wasn't too bad. It was a lot. I mean, I cautioned our guests to not wear heels. And of course, I wore heels and I was struggling. (laughs) Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Absolutely. Our wedding day started at around 3.15 a.m. with the Bella Agency. They provided me with a detailed timeline. So my sisters and my sister-in-law were first in chair. In the meantime, I was getting the bubble wands ready for our stage exit. At uh, 6.15, photo and video arrived, and they did the details and the getting ready photos until about 7.10. We did our first look at the Grand Staircase. And then we took family photos as well as photos outside. So the carriage picked us up around, I think it was 8.30, but I could be totally wrong. Time escaped me at that point. Um, (laughs) I met the carriage at the side of the main building underneath the staircase. And we took so many pictures. Um, It was me and my daughter 
only, which rode to the wedding pavilion, which is such an amazing experience for her. At 9.30, I watched our girls enter from the little bridal suite in the back, and I heard my selection of songs execute perfectly from the bridal suite, and it was so gratifying for me. At about 10 a.m., we took a couple's photos at Picture Point for the stage exit until staff told us that they were ready for us. So at about 10.15, we exited and did a loop at the pavilion with Cinderella's carriage, and we went to take photos inside the pavilion. At around 11, we arrived at the Whitehall Room and Patio, and we ate a little bit before our first dance. Also, they bustled me in that room. Disney staff was so amazing. They knew exactly how to bustle. I didn't have to tell them how to do it at all. At around 11.15, we did our first dance. And 11.45, we walked with our guests to Citrico's. At about 12, we were allowed to enter um, Citrico's and eat. We were so excited for that. (laughs) And at 2 p.m., Mickey and Minnie came and cut the cake with us. At 2.30, they left after photos with all of our guests. And at about 3 o'clock, we had to be out. So we rushed, grabbed all our stuff, and we left. Now, something you mentioned that would be interesting for people to know, you had to do your first dance at the Whitehall Room because you weren't able to do it at Citricos? Correct. I think that they were open to the idea of doing it at Citricos, but I love the idea of having a dance floor. I mean, we practiced our first dance, which was the live action Cinderella dance in the ballroom. We practiced that for over a year or so. We wanted to have the room for our guests to really enjoy it. Interesting. So then did they charge you a food and beverage minimum or a dance floor rental to use Whitehall? So none of the above. I mean, they allowed us to have the dance floor. We used our own personal speaker and we had our pre-reception food at that location as well. I see. Great. So you did your pre-reception at Whitehall and then everybody went to Citrico's for the reception. Got it. So then when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? I'm such a planner. I feel like I focused all of my attention on everything. But (laughs) I would say that the theming meant so much to me. So while I did not spend a lot on floral with Disney, I made or ordered anything that we could that fit with the theming. So we really wanted to create an event that was beautiful and tasteful and elegant. That's interesting. So since you were at Citrico's and you weren't really able to use outside vendors, what kinds of DIYs were you able to do there? I was able to make my seating chart and then we were able to use a vendor to make our table numbers and place cards. So it was really important to me that everything matched. So we were able to get the um, frames for the table numbers. Gosh, I don't even know what else. And then you had your day of coordinator put all that out for you. Correct. So she put out, I actually picked up the Cinderella slippers that the place cards went in from Themes Come True because I'm local. They just met me at Starbucks and then I gave them all to my day of coordinator and she was able to set them all out for me. So then were there aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? I think that transportation was a huge savings for us. And then we did not spend money on favors, like wedding favors. We took advantage of my need for a huge cake and we brought (laughs) cake 
home boxes from Amazon with custom-made stickers that said happily over Rawson. And um, my day of coordinator set them up for the team to fill when they cut the cake. And then I think as far as everything else goes, I saved money by bringing our own steamer. We brought a stand-up steamer and the night before the wedding, I steamed my wedding dresses, the wedding party's dresses, and my husband's tuxes. So I felt like that saved us a lot of money as well. And then last but not least, we saved money and stress on our rehearsal dinner. So we didn't have like a setup event, but we went to Artist Point with 11 people. And the restaurant was heavily themed, it was full of entertainment, and it had the photo opportunities with the evil queen as well. <laughs> So out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I think that getting to dance hand in hand with Mickey was one of the most amazing parts of my day. And then riding in the carriage with my daughter, I think is a core memory for her. I don't think she'll ever forget it. So it was really beautiful for us too. That's awesome. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? A lot went wrong. So during our pre-reception, the air conditioner broke. So we had the doors closed for photography and videography. So all of the people that were in that room were really sweating. So that was unfortunate for us. They said that they were working on it throughout. and. We had a lot of small children and babies, so they had to take them like into the hallways to get some air. Mm. Other than that, no one told us that the parking lot of the wedding pavilion was a part of the DVC construction. So that was like kind of a surprise to us when we came in. And then when we did the carriage ride after the staged exit, I thought that was interesting. And then last but not least, at our dessert party, I was so excited for these grilled cheese with tomato soup shooters. Just going there, it was cold outside. I was like, oh my gosh, we have warm soup waiting for us. And we got there and everything was really cold. (laughs) The last thing that didn't really go wrong, but just wasn't quite how I thought it was going to go, was that when um, Mickey and Minnie were leaving like I left the area to go get a piece of cake while our guests were enjoying Mickey and Minnie but no one let us know ahead of time that maybe they had five minutes left or 10 minutes left or does anyone else want to take a picture with Mickey and Minnie I just expected that to go differently I didn't think that they would let them leave without telling us interesting so they didn't do because you see so many photos where they're like waving goodbye and making this big deal that they're leaving they didn't do any of that they did that, but we were not. They hosted them in the front rotunda of Citricos. That was the space that they were allowed to be with our guests. So to have a piece of cake, you had to be all the way in the back room. So it was just two different areas, I guess. I see. So it's like the setup sort of prevented a more natural exit. Exactly. Okay. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about, and then it turned out not to be a big deal? The alcohol was probably something that I worried about. I don't think anyone missed it because there was so much going on. I mean, Rob entertained people for hours. It was 
wonderful and people were so happy for us. That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think I would have added a little more entertainment, like the private speaker, our own speaker really stressed me out the day of having the first dance song play at the right time. If I could do it again, I would just add the DJ. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe a lot less stressful. Definitely. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? I would say to be meticulous and make your list and know what you want and make that vision as clear as possible for the staff because only you know what you want. If you have an older daughter or girl that wants to be a part of your wedding party and maybe a flower girl, I would say forget the regular traditions make it happen. Nothing brought me more joy than getting to see my daughter shine down the aisle in a dress that made her feel so confident and so comfortable. That's wonderful. Well, Nadine, I think you've offered a lot of great tips for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs> 